Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. At least once in a season, we turn our attention to a crucial topic, really. It's health, the physical health of Adventist missionaries. No secret, cross-cultural expatriate life of a missionary is vulnerable. It's vulnerable to health stresses. Our bodies are under stress from travel, polluted air, polluted water, congested cities, harsh climates, Many more stressors could be listed here, I'm sure. As many of you, listeners of the IWM podcast, know we are developing a series based on the acronym CELEBRATIONS, where every letter stands for one health principles. CELEBRATIONS is popularized by General Conference Health Department. Today, Marcus Lopez, the co-host of this podcast, interviews Dr. Katya Reinhardt. Dr. Reiner serves as Associate Director of the GC Health Ministries, and she's our guest and subject matter expert in this whole series. Together, Marcus and Dr. Katya discuss principle number 10 in the interview that you're just about to hear. It's all about optimism in missionaries' life. Without further ado, let's hear the interview. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Providing resources and trainings for those serving outside their home division, Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Welcome, Dr. Katya. Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you, Marcos. It's a pleasure to be back. <laughs> yes, and you know, we've been doing so many of these episodes on the series already. We're almost coming to the end, which is quite sad in many ways. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, these are 12 principles, of course, of celebrations. Uh, there are many others, I'm sure, that we could talk about. But certainly for this series, uh, it's almost to the end. <laughs> Yep, yep. And today we're talking about something quite interesting. And I mean, we're we're starting our podcast, although I did start the podcast quite on a negative while saying that we're coming to the end of the series. But today we're talking about a very positive thing, actually. And today the word, the letter O, which stands for optimism. So I'll go straight to a simple but important question. What exactly is optimism? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, many people um, think of optimis optimism um, as looking in circumstances in life uh, with eyes that uh, focus on the good. But, you know, if we want to really look at uh, defining it of what it is, there are people that think, you know, optimism is a synonym with happiness, with joyfulness, with being having a positive attitude, uh, having cheerfulness. Um, and so pretty much it's like when we use um, our thinking and our, our evaluation of things um, in, in looking for what is the good in it and, and with hope. Uh, uh, with the idea that something good can always come out of circumstances as uh, bad as it can seem, you know, there's always good that can come. So it's this inclination of being hopeful. If I were to shortly define it, I would say um, optimism is an inclination to be hopeful, to be confident about things well this this is a wonderful a wonderful answer and i mean hope is such a word such an important word in our lives and you know i've seen i've seen a lot of people who 
they seem like these overly optimistic maybe uh this i don't know if this is a good expression but i think you probably understand the idea and even many people who end up you know being a lot of uh, a very utopic in in many sense so where is the line that really separates optimism and utopia <laughs> yeah that is a, a good point you know many people remember the story of Pollyanna uh which is this girl that would you know look at everything and pretend everything's wonderful and wonderful so um you know optimism is, is not like um living in utopia by that meaning living in a world that is that you create and that is not real right utopia is something that's not real um optimism can still accept reality. You don't deny reality. So it's not like pretending bad things don't happen, you know, but it's actually looking at life with its good and bad, with its difficulties, with its, um, you know, obstacles. But instead of focusing on the obstacle, focusing on only the problems, you actually have an attitude of looking for something good will come out of it. So the, the difference between um, over, I guess, what you call being overly optimistic, I would say instead, it's, it's like, you know, um, it's not that there is a, a way to be overly optimistic, but I guess what you mean by that is by denying reality and just living in the clouds, in other words, right? And so um, we need to be careful to distinguish that. With optimism, again, it does not mean that you're going to deny what's happening, that you're going to pretend everything is uh, nice and rosy. No, you accept the reality, but you focus on the good. And for those of us that are Christians, especially, I would say, Uh, we have even more reason to be optimistic because there's a lot of wonderful promises that talk about the fact that, you know, like in Romans 8, 25, it says that uh, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So even in the difficult circumstances, we know that there's good that God can work to, uh, you know, bring out of this difficult situation. So optimism, um, There, I, I don't think that you can be ov overly optimistic if you're really using this definition. Uh, what the problem is, if you pretend to live in a utopic world, if you pretend things bad don't happen, or you pretend uh, to just deny the existence of difficulties, that can put ourselves into trouble because then you don't deal sometimes with some decisions and some things you must do in regard to the situation you're living Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because we have to remember you use their verse, right? And we have to remember as well that the Bible, that the, that God promises us uh, something special, but at the same time, he tells us that in the world, you will have troubles and tribulations, but don't worry, I overcame the world. And so in that sense, for us as Christians, that's the important thing about, it's how you mentioned the reality of life, understanding that the reality is not that God promises a perfect and a happy, in many ways, life here on earth, but yes, we have a hope of something better. And at the same time, we understand the true Um, the true meaning of life and how we're we're battling all this this big uh, this grand battle that's happening spiritually in this world, right? Yes, that's right. And so that's good. We talked about the spiritual, in a sense, a 
spiritual way of looking at optimism. And I want to I wanna bring it more to your area. Um, is there any medical research or evidence that shows optimism impacting physical and mental health? Oh, yes, most definitely. Both areas, in fact. Uh, we know, for instance, that optimism is directly related with longevity. Uh, one of the things uh, that we know is that um, when they've done studies and looking at those people who tend to be more optimistic compared to people who are less optimistic, those that are more optimistic, actually, they, um, first of all, live longer, basically. Uh, for instance, for men, they were more likely to reach 85 years old if they were more optimistic compared to less. Uh, and for women as well, you know, so in general, overall, optimistic people tend to live longer. So that is a major health, you know, impact that we look at when you look at research, but uh, more specifically, you know, if you look at mental health, if you look at physical health, um, what we see is that there is an inverse correlation of people, for instance, uh, who had optimism or dispositional optimism and their risk for cardiovascular death. Uh, people who were, you know, more pessimistic and um, couldn't see the good in things, their risk for cardiovascular disease in a particular study that, uh, you know, looked at this uh, was much worse. Uh, not only cardiovascular disease, also people who had cancer, for instance, if they tended to be more um, pessimistic about their condition and their treatment, they actually uh, have less of a response to the treatment. Whereas people who are more optimistic, they're hopeful, they're focusing on what can work, even if they don't know, but just focusing their thoughts on that, that can really help fight uh, the cancer much more significantly and can help their immune system, see? So these are just a couple of examples, but on the mental health area, we know that the tendency of being pessimistic and always looking at the dark side of things is directly associated with more depressive symptoms and anxiety. Um, and of course, that in, uh, in itself can bring other physical uh, issues too. So the bottom line is that, you know, um, our thoughts, and it, this is so interesting because Ellen White talks about it, our thoughts you know, and our, our imagination, the way we look at things can oftentimes determine um, many different aspects of our health and our life. And so uh, it's so important for us to know, even if we don't know if what we're believing is going to come true, just the fact that you believe it, your body, your mind, believe it, uh, you know, somehow that happens. So let me just give an example. Uh, and I love this quote uh, from Ellen White. She talks about this and, uh, and, and how this impacts and what it happens in the book, Ministry of Healing, which is one of my favorite books. And page 241, she says that, for instance, disease is sometimes produced and can also be greatly aggravated just by our thoughts, our imagination. And so many people are lifelong invalid who otherwise could be well if they just thought that they could be well. And many imagine that any exposure may cause them illness. However, that evil effect is produced just because it is expected. And then she says that many die from disease, the cause of which is wholly imaginary. So think about this. This is so powerful, our thought. If we think, oh, we're going to die. Oh, this is going to make me sick. Oh, this is 
terrible. This is not going to have a solution. Guess what? That may happen. And otherwise, if we think, oh no, this is going to be good for me. Oh, this is a problem, but God's going to help me overcome this. The more we hope for it, the more we focus on what can happen and that we can overcome whatever situation that is more likely to happen. And this is oftentimes known, by the way, as the placebo effect, right? Every time when we do studies to know about treatments, we have to compare the results against placebo because we know that our thoughts have this power to actually make happen <laughs> and, and, and uh, make our body respond uh, in a way that um, as if you, the way you desire to re that it will respond. And this is how God created the power of our brain. And so this is why it's so important to uh, just focus on optimism. Even if you don't know if that's going to be true, just believe it. And of course, as we said earlier, based on the Bible, we have plenty of evidence that we should expect good things and have faith, knowing that um, even in the terrible circumstances, God will make something good come out of it. Wow, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you here answering that question. And I, I, the feeling I get is like optimism is like a superpower that God gave <laughs> to human beings, you know, yes. to actually go through life in a much better way, much healthier way much happier way. And so this is, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. But you know, okay, what we're talking about here, it's all beautiful and great. But we know that sometimes life gets really hard. Sometimes you can have death, you can have uh, disease. And sometimes, you know, when it's with you, it's easier to deal with. But when it's with someone else that you really love, then things get really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And then my question comes to this, is it possible to be optimistic when things get but I have a couple of questions. So is it possible to be optimistic when things get really, really hard? How about if, you know, when we lose a loved one, as I mentioned before, mm -hmm. how can we be optimistic in these most difficult moments? That is a very important question. So again, as we defined earlier, optimism does not pretend that bad things don't happen. Quite on the contrary, it accepts that things happen. So I think that when we lose someone, as you're asking, uh, you know, going through grief, right? Which is like a loved one you lose, or maybe even now during this pandemic time that we have left, not only we love, uh, we, um, we lost loved ones, friends, but many people lost jobs, they lost, um, you know, uh, the ability to um, maybe go to school and many other losses, right? There's many losses that we go through. But mm -hmm. one of the top ones, of course, is the loss of a loved one, or even loss of a relationship when somebody breaks up or gets divorced that is a very very intrinsically difficult emotional um, trauma or, or loss that you go through and you will feel sad right so um, optimism doesn't mean that you won't feel sad when things happen no uh, you must grieve when we go as human beings we have to be in touch with our emotions and when something sad happens we need to feel it's okay to be sad. It's okay to go through that pain, emotional pain. Now, the difference between um, losing someone and still being optimistic is that you don't despair, right? People who are not optimistic uh, in general, and they are not, don't trust, you know, that there's something better that will come out of this, they will tend to feel like their life ended because of this loss. 
or that there's nothing else they can do and hope for. That and so you know you can look at a loss from a pessimistic standpoint or or from a more optimistic standpoint. The the optimistic standpoint will say this is so difficult. I am hurting and acknowledges that pain and feels that pain and goes through the grieving stages that are important for healing. Right? We need to go through those uh, stages of grief and and be in touch with our feelings. But for the person who is optimistic, she she or he will go through that, but they will not despair. They will even amidst that, they will look at potential blessings uh, or things that could be worse. Like for instance, um, with any tragic thing, there could always be worse, right? And so they may focus on, okay, well, thank God, at least you know, I have the comfort of God. I have the comfort of friends who are comforting me. I have, you know, a house. I have a job. There's always things to be grateful for, even amidst a very difficult, sad, painful experience. And so the optimistic person will focus their mind not only on what they see, what they're experiencing, although they will focus on that too, but they will always have hope. Even if they don't feel it now, even if they don't see it, by faith, they, you know, with God's help, can look at what is to come. Because we know that our life is not about what happens here. We have many promises. We have hope. So for somebody who has that kind of hope, they will be sad. They will really uh, be sorry and, and, and cry and go through that loss, but they're not going to despair. Now, for somebody who doesn't have optimism and who does not have that kind of faith, who is not able to look at the, the things they do have, even though they lost something, they may be much more close to depression and to suicidal thoughts and to despair, uh, uh, thinking that their life ended, right? So I think that is one of the ways that you can have optimism and faith as you go through a loss or a very difficult time. Yeah, I guess you use two two important words that work very well together and need to be very well together, especially in hard moments, which is faith and optimism or faith and hope, as you used uh, hope to, to, to describe what optimism really is. And clinging to the promises of the Lord, especially in these hard moments, really, really helps us to get through them, definitely. And let me ask you, do you know any story? Is there any story or an illustration that you'd like to share on how optimism is helpful when facing these difficult moments? Oh, yes. This, there's so many beautiful stories that I, I, you know, we could talk about. Uh, one that has been actually on the news, and in fact, there, there have been movies made out of this, some of those beautiful stories, is uh, one that um, many of you might remember uh, some years ago uh, in 2000, I think it was 2010, there were like about 33 men who were trapped inside of a mine in Chile. Um, and, um, you know, don't know, there's a movie that was made out of that. It's called The 33. It's a story of this 33 men that they were trapped and, you know, they were going to die, really. Um, but then, you know, through a series of events and people found out and they started to organize people to go and search them. But as they were there, there was very little food, very little um, chances that they would make it. But their leader and others started to try to keep this positive attitude and thinking, even though some of them were that very negative. 
and the leader was able to actually uh, maintain uh, a very kind of positive atmosphere for them not to give up. In the meantime, outside of, of, of uh, above where they were trapped, people were working, were working, and many people gathered and started to help the families. And, and in fact, they called that the camp of hope <laughs> up on top, hoping and praying. And then finally, they were able to make a hole and communicate uh, with them down there. And they started to send them messages trying to keep them optimistic about everything that was happening. And so it was that in the end, the beautiful story is that they survived. Uh, and when they look back and they really think about all their experience, all of them said that it was optimism and hope that kept them from, you know, um, despair, from, from giving up. And that really helped them overcome. And of course, they thank God as well, because people were praying for them and, and they were receiving a lot of uh, um, optimistic messages, messages of hope. And that really helped. But that is just one, you know, another one, if we're thinking of missionaries, we're talking to missionaries here. Uh, there are so many people, if you read the stories of missionaries from the ages, and I just finished listening to lots of the early missionary stories of, of uh, those that went to all kinds of hardship back in the 18th century, 19th century. And what you see in their lives, those powerful missionaries um, that went, men and women, to very difficult situations, they had optimism. No matter what happened, you know, uh, from David Livingstone to, uh, you know, uh, uh, you think about so many other major men and women that were pioneers in their time. In fact, there is one of the very early pioneer Adventist women that went out. Uh, she was a woman, went to India, didn't even have funds to go. Uh, the church couldn't send her. She was an Adventist and she went on her own. She was so optimistic. Things are going to work out. There was all kinds of difficult situations, but God blessed and things worked out. And she actually brought the message to so many people. Uh, another person that you can think of that I, it's one of my heroes that I, I really love the story is Corey Ten Boone, another woman of God who went to so much hardship. Second World War II almost lost most of her family members who were um, uh, basically... Uh, assassinated because of that and sent to camp concentration camps her sister pretty much died because of the care there and she could have gave, given up and and you know just stay there maybe die of course because of a, a miracle she was left out of the camp and then her life was just transformed and she talks about how important it was for her to have that connection with God and to just be happy. She actually, there's a quote that Corinthians says that happiness isn't something that depends on our surroundings, she said. It's something we have, uh, we make inside ourselves. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, she said. It empties today of its strength. So it doesn't help to worry, she's saying. It doesn't help to um, be pessimistic or to wait for the worst. We have to keep those thoughts um, that really uh, bring happiness to our heart. And Ellen White confirms that. She says that prayer is very important, but prayer alone is not enough. She says we need to also cultivate positive thoughts, Ellen White says. It is our duty to do that and as much a duty as it is to pray. So we have to you know, focus our minds, try to make lists of what we're grateful for, try to cultivate a contented heart. And those things um, 
will really help us to overcome any difficulty. Yeah, you know, those those are definitely beautiful, beautiful stories. And, and while you were telling them, I was also remembering some of my favorite Bible stories, like, for example, Joseph. And the story of Joseph is, is full of optimism because he went through so much hardship and yet he was faithful and hopeful and knew the promises that the Lord had for him. And so he kept on going. And so you see him being blessed and you see his life changing and moving forward in so many beautiful ways because he didn't give up because he was not pessimistic about it all and 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 the opposite he was an optimist and so yeah we there's definitely many stories from the bible from missionaries from people and in our lives you know in our daily lives if we if we apply this this understanding and we apply this principle of being optimistic i'm sure that we'll all have a lot of stories of testimonies to share with others of how this transformed our lives and how it changes our lives every day in a positive positive way and so let's go to practical practical three little practical points and i'll i'll ask you can you share three habits that can help a person become more optimistic? Okay. Well, uh, one, uh, I would say many of them have to do with the way we think, right? So we need to be very aware of our thoughts. Uh, and so one is, is kind of like to think through when we are feeling sad, when something difficult happens, is for us to stop and analyze what are we thinking about this? And if we are tending to, to look at this and, and, and be like, oh, this is not going to work, uh, oh, th there's nothing I can do, or those kinds of thoughts that come to our mind, we need to be able to evaluate and say, hold on, is this true? Do I know for a fact this is true? Uh, and then kind of reframe our thought to say, God, you know, can do more than what I don't know he can do. He, that's what he promises. So focus yourself on a promise in the Bible that can contradict what you're thinking and give you hope for something different. For instance, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. It's one that can really focus us beyond what we see and what we think we can do. So first, focus our thoughts, analyze what we're thinking and try to reframe it using God's promises. Second, and that is when difficulties come, difficulties arise. The second thing I would say is to make a habit of making a list for every day of at least three to five things you are grateful for. At the end of the day, before you do your prayers and, you know, go to bed and sleep, just look through the day and say, okay, let me write down in my diary or my little gratitude booklet, <laughs> Um, three things, just three is enough. But if you can get to five, even better. You know, that habit of looking for what you're grateful for on that day, for the little things that God made or did that really um, enabled you to come to the end of that day, that is going to focus your mind on the good. We know for a fact, the research shows that uh, people who do this, three things at the end, you know, at some point during the day for which they're grateful for, they have better uh, sense of, of self or better contentment and less depression, less anxiety about their life. And so that would be the second one. And the third one, I would say, is to um, ask the Holy Spirit, really, to calm our anxiety and our thoughts and to 
change it. The Holy Spirit is the one that teaches us what is true. And so when we are tending to be realistic, too much realistic, looking at all that we can see, we can always pray and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help me see what I can see and be at peace. Uh, it says, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's the one who comforts our heart when we are uh, in despair, we are, you know, looking at negative things. So uh, ask Holy Spirit, please change my mind here and help me focus on what's good. And and I think, you know, those three things, the first one, identifying uh, those thoughts and looking for promises that can uh, encourage us. The second is to make a um, gratitude list uh, daily, if possible. And then the third is to pray. Uh, and I would say to do it daily, especially when we're feeling low, uh, for the Holy Spirit to help us to teach us what is truth about things and, and really help us to replace uh, those pessimistic thoughts and really plant in our hearts the seeds of optimism. Wow, Dr. Katya, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I definitely was thinking here, you know, I need to start making that everyday grateful list. I've been thinking about it for a while now, but definitely you mentioning that, you know, three things is enough because one of the hardest things I had was I need to write down 10, 20 things that I'm grateful for. And so I would make it so hard on myself, but you know, <laughs> Starting slow with three things is something beautiful, something amazing, and can really practically already start changing how we think and how we look at things and how we go through our days. And to end, uh, to end this uh, beautiful conversation that we had on, on optimism, are there any other resources that you would like to share on this on this topic? You know, I. I think uh, there are, of course, many books. There is a book that I, um, I've read recently that I found very helpful. It's called Flourishing. Uh, and, and it's a, not a new book. It's been out for a few years. But it's a book that talks about what are all these elements that help us to flourish in life. And it really focuses on the research and the benefits of this idea of optimism how uh, that is so important for us to cultivate uh, some of these things and how can we do it. And so it gives some great insights. It's called Flourishing. And the second resource I would say, really, um, we have inspired writings that give us a lot of great counsel on this. And so I would say, you know, there's a series called Mind, Character, Personality. If you haven't uh, read it yet, I would encourage you to. It, it focuses on how many different things we can do to improve our mental health, our emotional health and well-being. And so those are a few of the resources that, uh, you know, a couple of things. There are other books on gratitude as well that uh, can help us to focus on that. So try to fill your mind <laughs> with some of these materials that um, are helpful. And I would say on the celebrations series, which we're doing now, we are in the very last O. There's two more to come still out of the celebration series. But there's a little video um, that uh, it's a minute video that you can download from the celebrations uh, page of the health ministry's website. Perhaps that can be uh, linked uh, with this, uh, this podcast and people can go and watch the little video share with others. And of course there is uh, the celebration uh, whole presentation on optimism, which is available for free to download. You can share with others and uh, make it known to others as well. <laughs> Yes, I'll definitely be sharing in the 
show notes a link to the celebration series page on 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 the website of the health ministries. Well, Dr. Katja, I'll tell you, I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much. And I'm really, really looking forward to our next episode on the series. Thank you, Marcos. God bless you. As we conclude, please do not miss the show notes to this episode. There we are sharing links to previous episodes in the celebration series, as well as a link to a page on the IWM website where we bring it all together for you. At the Institute of World Mission, we pray continually for Adventist missionaries who say, I will go, and who do go. As we are engaged in this ministry together, together with you, let us have the optimism and energy that only the Holy Spirit can impart. My name is Alex Hot, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.